0: That stack of books—the podcast where we talk about the books you are reading and the book that will next show up on your stack—but special edition because I'm here with Nancy Pearl, Nancy, and a room full of readers. Give yourselves a big round of applause. And I'm sorry, Aaron. led by Erin. <laughs> I,
1: I, well, I—I I don't know that I can lead from behind. Facilitated. Perhaps? I am facilitated. Facilitated
0: by Erin. Where are we and what is your group called?
1: Um, this is Pizza and Books at the Lake Forest Park Library. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of the teen services librarians for King County Library System. And, and you said we
0: were going around the room.
1: We're going to go around the room. Except she has her mouth full. <laughs> uh,
2: my name is Marin.
3: in ninth grade at Shorecrest.
4: Uh, I'm, I'm Carl. I am a sophomore at Shoreline Community
5: College.
3: I'm Linnea, I'm a junior at
5: Shorecrest <laughs> I'm Nancy Pearl
6: <laughs> I'm Sarah, I'm also a sophomore at Shoreline Community College
7: I'm Alex, I'm a junior at Ingmore High School I'm Colin,
1: I'm a junior at Shorecrest
8: I'm Eva, and I'm a freshman at Shorecrest I'm Chelsea, and I'm a sophomore at Bothell High School
0: Okay, before you start talking books, just a quick question yep. for anybody who wants to answer. Why are you all here? Why are you at a book club? It's not just a free pizza.
6: Because it's fun to read and because Erin is a fabulous host slash, like, I don't know, whatever whatever you exactly (laughs) do. And it's it's like, it's a great group of people. It's a lot of fun to talk about books with these people. Um, We all know each other pretty well, like, at this point, and so.
5: It's just it's fun to be here. But Sarah, you've been here. You're the longest staying member of the group. You were here before Aaron was here. So what? So d- is is part of what keeps you coming that you hear about books that you haven't read and that you're interested in reading, or is it fun to share the books that you're enjoying? It's
6: a bit of both, and like I did actually have like times where I didn't come because I also played ultimate frisbee in high school and unfortunately my practice schedule didn't line up with when I could be here. But I always ended up coming back and I think it's because I get to learn new things about good books and it's always fun. We don't all read the same book. Every once in a while
1: we will all decide that we're all going to read a book. Um, But usually it's just whatever we're reading and we like to
8: Talk about those things. This group is a bunch of nerds that rather watch Avengers on a Saturday (laughs) night than actually go out, and it's great. I mean, I spend most of my time reading, and it's nice to be around a group of people that are like, oh no, we actually read books, just not be on Instagram all the time.
1: Okay, well, we started off before we turned the mics on, and somebody said, ooh,
5: Lumberjanes. So Lumberjanes, it's a series, I gather, right? And I've never even heard of it, and I thought I was pretty okay with teen books.
6: Lumberjanes is the best indie comic I've ever read. Like, hands down. I'm really picky in my indie comics. Like, I won't read a lot of indie comics. And one day, I think it was my brother actually, who was like, Sarah, you gotta read this. And he showed me Lumberjanes, the first volume, which we now own all three volumes that I know are out. If there's a fourth one, I will soon own it, too. Um, and I just, I fell in love with it, and then I told Erin about it, and she was like, oh my god, I also love Lumberjanes, so I knew it was a good, good webcomic. It had just
1: landed on my desk earlier that day, and yeah. I ignored everybody and read the book.
6: <laughs> no. It's it's fabulous. Uh, think Girl Scouts with, like, a mix between Girl Scouts and Percy Jackson, except not nearly as, like, organized as Percy Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a group about... Five friends. I mean, it's a book about a group of five friends who just, they go on epic adventures and friendship to the max. And like most, most comics you read these days, there's like, there's always the love interest and like, there's low key romantic things in this. But for the most part, it's just five awesome girls battling serpents and solving puzzles and being really nerdy together. And so it's great. And everyone should read it, though I'm mildly biased, as I love it. So it's like the more adult version
8: of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. <laughs> <laughs> no.
5: Is there a lot of pink in this book, Sarah? That's what I want to know. There's a fair amount of denim. Denim.
1: <laughs> and plaid. So, but, and they, they are awesome. You know, they're not just sitting around doing their nails, kind of awesome. They're like, no, we got to go out and chop down that tree kind of awesome. They just, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, the artwork is great and the storylines are fun.
0: And it's a graphic novel. On the topic of graphic
7: novels, one of the uh, more recent bands that I picked up liking in my uh, break that I took a little bit ago, Nirvana. There's, um, for anyone interested in that band or about Kurt Cobain or just stars in general, there's actually a graphic novel about him called Godspeed. It's really interesting and it goes through a really good detail of early life to his death. And I've also picked up the uh, Courtney Love approved Kurt Cobain biography, Heavier Than Heaven. And there are a lot of matches up between the graphic novel and the actual book. There are also a lot of inconsistencies, which really add to the real-life mystery of Kurt Cobain as a person and his death and all of that. It's just a really interesting read.
5: Um, uh, Since you were talking about a biography that's a graphic novel, air quotes around novel, since it's a graphic biography, there's a really good graphic biography about Steve Jobs that talks about, the the good points and the bad points of Steve Jobs and how Apple came to be. I would recommend that. And that's a graphic novel too. And that's a graphic novel called too. I think Steve it's Jobs. called Steve Jobs. Okay. Um. I want to mention,
1: since you were talking about Cobain, there is a book, and it was actually written by a guy who lives in Shoreline. He's about two blocks away from my other library. Uh, Heavier than Heaven: A Biography of Kurt Cobain. That's And you just picked that one up. Yeah, yeah. Um, He did uh, buckets and buckets of research. Charles Cross. Charles Cross. uh, Sitting in my library doing buckets and buckets of research. So that's... uh, He he did at least
0: do his homework. (laughs) Very much so.
2: So this is kind of going back to the theme of strong friendships and strong female protagonists. Uh, There's a series that I have been reading called The Raven Cycle. Oh, yeah. Which the fourth book just came out. (gasps) And... It's about a group of friends, uh, a girl who is a daughter of a psychic, and a bunch of boys who go to the rich boy prep school, Uh, which is a pretty unlikely friendship, but they're all united by this search for an ancient Welsh king who was supposed to die but might be asleep in the fields of um, Virginia. It's really held together by their friendship
5: and by... The strength of the characters,
2: and it's just—it's just really good.
5: good. It is. It's a great series, and I just saw the new one, the Raven King, the final—the final, the I final one in the series. I haven't gotten my hands on it yet, um, yeah. but
1: the audiobooks for the whole series are really, really well read. Um, does she
5: read them? Does no, Maggie she Steve? doesn't
1: read them, although she does provide the music as bumper music um, because she is an artist and a musician. And a, um, if you look her up on YouTube, you can find all of the things she's doing when she should be writing her books because we are waiting for them so patiently. Um, but no, the, the man who reads them has this very flat New England kind of accent to him that's just perfect for the story.
4: Recently, I haven't been so much reading as I have been listening. Um, I just finished one that uh, was recommended to me, uh, Pillars of the Earth. Oh, yes! Yeah, that, that was an interesting beast. I really liked uh, how encompassing it was. There was definitely definitely blood and gore and all sorts of unspeakable human atrocities, but still very entertaining and, uh, you know, I liked it. I got a book called um, Unleashed. It's um, a, about a dog
7: who this girl who this dog um, tries to run after this car every day and so this girl events like this trap
5: thing that this so this so that they can pick up this dog and keep it away from the truck. Have you read other books by the author of that Gordon um, Corman? I've read the other of the same series but I haven't read others uh, like outside uh,
1: that series. Yeah. And he's usually funny is yeah. this a it, the cover yeah. doesn't look funny. Well, yeah, it's, it's sort of funny. It's serious and funny at the same time.
5: But I just wanted to put in a plug for my favorite, one of my two favorite uh, novels, and uh, talk about strong women. Um, Sunshine oh, by yeah. Robin McKinley. Has anybody read that by Robin McKinley? Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Sarah, you have to read that book. I've yeah. Please. Yeah. yeah, you'll like it. It's absolutely wonderful. It's,
1: it's kind of a cure for Twilight. Yes. And it was written, it was written way before Twilight. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is Charming by Elliot James, which he is the very first person to say this is a pseudonym. Um, and the main character's name is John Charming, uh, and he comes from a long line of persons called Charming. And no, they're not princes. And yes, they do slay bad guys. Um, He is a member of a secret Knights Templar. And he's also a werewolf. It's super cool. The battle scenes are very, very, very bloody. They go up against vampires in this first book. And it is really gory. Good suspense. Excellent. Um, His, gosh, I wish she was my girlfriend character, um, is a Valkyrie. She's so cool! Um, And, you know, he just has these bizarre relationships because of his unusual status as a knight's templar and a werewolf which those two things really (laughs) should not go together um and and so he doesn't have any friends and he doesn't have any family and in this book he sort of starts to connect with people after several hundred
4: years of not connecting with people yeah i was like it sounds really like like the dresden files it sounds like dresden but it's a little more approachable than dresden yeah i mean the cover is a little less threatening yeah. I would say. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and Dresden, he he goes off on these long lectures about how the world should be, and this guy, John
2: Charming, is like, eh, it is what it is. This is kind of unrelated, but uh Carl was talking about long books. Char- Speaking of long books, I've been reading the unabridged version of Les Mis. Oh <laughs> <yay>! <laughs>
8: I'm
2: like I'm on page like five hundred something and I don't think I'm even halfway through. Um you know, except for the times when Victor Hugo decides that, you know, he just really needed a French history lesson in the middle of that really important plot point. And who will talk for many chapters about, I don't know, like, whatever battle you apparently really need to know all <laughs> of the details <laughs> about. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I really didn't need to, but that was interesting anyway. Okay. I kind of would like to get back to the actual plot. <laughs> um, but, you know, apart from those uh, tangents where he, you know, talks about the history of a monastery and then, you know, these are my opinions on monasteries and this is why monasteries are the bane of society, but this is why they're actually really good. It's pretty great. It's, it's a very, very good book and it's definitely a challenge, but it's
5: uh, very interesting. Maybe um, Victor Hugo and Ken Follett should have gotten together to talk about... <laughs>
0: I have a question since we've mentioned this a few times. I think you guys have thought about this. Nancy and I go back and forth on this. Is there a difference between reading a book and listening to an audiobook for your experience and enjoyment?
8: Personally, I can't listen to an audiobook. It just kind of bothers me not to hear the own voice in my head reading it. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just not the same. I will lose focus very quickly and miss everything. Yeah, I agree with Eva. I just, for me,
2: I sometimes will read something and just, it'll do, go totally over my head. But if I'm reading with an audiobook or listening to an audiobook, that happens and I can't go back and fix it. Like I do with a print book. So I can't go back and be like, wait, I did not read that at all. What is he talking about there?
4: <clears throat> yeah, so I recently got a new job at a fishing lure construction company and they frown upon conversation between coworkers. So if I want to keep my sanity going, for, you know, the hours upon hours that I have to, you know, package fishing lures, <laughs> I'm going to kind of want someone talking in my ear, and it helps if they're, it's coherent, at least. Um, and, you know, it's you settle in with the long book and, you know, keep one ear open in case someone yells at you, but other than that, she's like, yay, I don't have to, like, carry a book around with me all the time, and I also have something to listen to.
1: So, I'm a huge audiobook listener because I have an hour commute each way to work and home. Um, and there are some books and this may get my librarian license pulled there are some books that just have too many words and (laughs) if somebody else does half the lifting of the words then i find it easier to get them all in my head Um, and some books are just better read aloud the bloody jack books are about a b plus series bloody jack by l.a meyer it's about a B-plus adventure series for kids and teens, but when Catherine Kelgren reads them, I've missed my exit numerous times, my own home exit, because I was behind enemy lines in
8: France, didn't see it
1: come, didn't see it go.
8: I think the only books I can listen to on audio, well, not even audio, just in person, would be, like, children's books. Those are always better read by someone else, but as far as, like, a super long chapter book... Maybe if you get me on Adderall and I'm super focused, (laughs) then I can do it.
7: I think this group is just a bunch of good people talking about (laughs) things they enjoy, and that makes me really happy. Like, actually, though, like, people... I had this, like, kind of realization a little bit ago, like a few weeks ago. If you just see the world as a bunch of people... Talking about what they like, having friends, and just see the world as a like the good thing that it really is. You kind of get the feeling of happiness, and I mean, it doesn't always work. There are times in your life where it's going to be a bit darker or whatever, but it just keeps coming back to the good times, and it's just actually a really solid experience.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so this is Reckless by Cornelia Funke, and um, Here's a good story. A lady brought this book to me. Um, I was on desk at the library, and she had picked it up off the children's shelves and said, I think this book might be shelved in the wrong part of the library. And she was somebody that I've known for years, and I've traded book titles with her and her kids for years and years, and I said, ooh, a new Cornelia Funke!" She said, yeah, that's what I thought, too, and then I started reading it. Um, and she had actually started with volume three, and on the first page of volume three, one of the main characters is going through a terrible, bloody labor delivery of a half-stone baby. And there's blood everywhere. And she's saying, I don't think I want to read this to my nine-year-old. <laughs> and so I did a little research and it turns out that the um, the author and the publisher did not intend for her to read it to a nine-year-old. It does, in fact, belong in either the teen area or the adult. Or the main character's 24 years old. Um, but it's... It is like Inkheart, which is probably why it ended up in the children's section, because everybody's read Inkheart. Um, it is like Inkheart in that it has these wonderful, dark, horrible characters that are sort of out of fairy tales and sort of not. Totally not a kid's book, but I, I gave it back to the lady, and she said, the nine year old can just wait a few years. I'm going to read this myself.
8: <laughs> On the topic of not a kid's book but looks like it, um, I don't know if any of you know the artist Melanie Martinez, but <laughs> she wrote a book called Crybaby, and um, her album tells a whole story. But she put it into a children's book format, and it like I just kind of flipped through the pictures and gave it to my like stepsister to read, and she's nine years old. And as she reading, she was reading out loud and said, Eva, I don't think I should be reading this. (laughs) Um, The first page was fine, but once I flipped to the second page, it was a picture of a little boy in a dollhouse with a joint in his mouth and his dad's cheating on his wife. And it was just hilarious to read afterward. Just so, what? so what? inappropriate, <laughs> so amazing, and, like, the art is beautiful, and it's formatted like a kid's book, and it's just my new favorite one. I love it so much. I don't know if you want to bleep me out, but it's Go the Bleep
1: to Sleep. Oh,
5: yes! Oh, that oh, was a great one.
1: one. And it looks like a children's book, and every we at the library do not put it in the children's section because it very, very clearly does not belong there. <laughs> But anybody who's been up all night with a child who will not sleep needs to see this book.
5: So my question to all of you is, um, when you're looking for something new to read, do you go to the teen section or do you go to the adult section? Or do you just ask Aaron for suggestions?
4: (laughs) I would definitely say option uh, door number three, basically. Because most of the books I found are from here and from her because... I don't have time to be browsing the sections for, through, like, Twilight clones. I mean, that's not, that's not my idea of a Saturday. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be like, all right, what's good? And she'll be like, well, you know, we got this. And I was like, oh, this looks nice. And then it turns out to be Pillars of the Earth, and I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Uh, but, yeah, no, definitely I, I value recommendations above things I can find for myself a lot of the time.
5: And besides Aaron, do you have other people that you rely on for recommendations?
4: Uh, Yeah, my sister.
3: (laughs) He has a habit of reading all of the books that I am gifted at Christmas and never read, and they all get put on his bookshelf. And he's read all of them at least five times.
4: If it's worth reading, it's worth rereading, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, like, you read it, you wait it five months, you forget about it, and then you read it again.
2: Honestly, I tend to pick books from the teen section if I'm not getting a recommendation, just because the adult is so much bigger that it's you just don't know what you're looking for, and it gets really, really intimidating.
7: I generally like to go with the adult section over the teen section, although there are some times where I get recommendations and the book is in the teen section. But with me, I've, like... I've never really identified with a lot of the books in the teen sections. I've always felt like they are kind of fake in a way. Like, it always feels like an author's trying really hard to replicate the teenager experience without really getting it. I just feel like a lot of more of the adult section books are more well-written, are easier to identify with, and kind of in generally are more original than teen section books with all kind of which all kind of run off the premise of oh, I'm a teenager
6: <laughs> <laughs> I have a great teenager book for you Tell me. <laughs> I actually have a friend who has pretty much the same taste in books as me and so her and I will go back and forth like I probably see her once a week I will bring her a book and be like bro, you have to read this book and she'll give me a book and basically it's like this terrible, terrible cycle of me not reading anything new until she gives it to me.
8: Personally, I it is also a little bit of both, but I really love um, looking at the adult session because versus, as you were saying, like, I'm a teenager and my life is hell. <laughs> I, I like, one of my favorite books is The Odyssey, which is beautifully written, and it's not something I would have, like, picked up finding in the teen section. The first library I ever
1: worked at shelved all of the classic books, like The Odyssey, in the children's area which was on a separate floor from all of the adult books. And the reasoning, I love the reasoning, they said children might accidentally pick up a classic and enjoy it, but they would never go up to the adult department and find it there. And it worked. I read Les Miserables when I was about 11.
7: It kind of makes me a little bit sad, I guess, that the, that the education system isn't really pushing classic novels as much as they, like, would have used to be, I would assume. Because you see all, a lot of these, like, kind of older movies about high school and kids complaining about having to read these books. And I'm like, hey, I want to read that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they just calling The Kite Runner a, a new classic? It's the it's the classic of today.
7: It's good. It is about life. And it, it's, again, good. Um, but there are just so many of them that, like, my parents friends who have already graduated high school and so many other people have like just built up to be like these great, great things and I haven't gotten to read them yet.
0: You're warming the, the cockles of many a <laughs> classical <laughs> educator's heart. So they'd probably like you to get back to the 17th and 18th century and read a little more Thomas Hardy and you know, all those kind of guys.
5: I sort of think those can wait till college. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I
1: I think you have to Actually, be dipping into your own pockets and paying tuition before you can really appreciate (laughs) Thomas Hardy.
3: So, I feel like I've definitely been deprived of those good books as a kid because, you know, while my friends were reading Harry Potter and all those classics, I was reading Animorphs and every gerbil book known to man. (laughs) I love Um, (laughs) Animorphs. (laughs) I love gerbils. Yeah, me too. And so my mom was convinced that I needed to, you know, reach out and start reading some, you know, more popular books. So I pick up this book, and I can't remember its title for the life of me, but it was something like The Diary of a Teenage Girl. And so I'm reading it, and I'm just, like, instantly bored because it's just so much drama that I don't even need in my life. So I I just sort of set it on the table, and, of course... Carl comes along and picks up my book, and he just, he keeps, it's a series, there's about, I don't know, ten books in the series, and he's read every single one of them. Okay, at least five. But, but then, but then, then I was doing a little research on it, and it turns out that it was written by, like, a 30-year-old man, and it's the creepiest thing, because it's, it was so realistic, and somewhere. Relatable about this young teenage girl and her love interest and everything and I just it kind of ruined my uh, fiction experience
4: (laughs) Well, I'll say this. I mean the fact that it was written by a 30 year old man is kind of surreal But he did a really good job in capturing sort of the mentality of a person in middle school Uh, like the uh, the uh, Mean girl who's a little bit too smart for her own britches and they're stuck in a gym class where they have to like catapult a toy baby Uh, across the gym. This was a thing. This one does. Yeah, and then they end up, like, shooting it through a window, and it gets run over by a car, and so they get an F, and it's just like, uh, excuse me, you've given us a uh, rubber boa constrictor, a uh, high heel shoe, and a metal pot to get this baby across the gym. I don't see how this could go well. Um, And just a lot of family stuff. I mean, it was fairly entertaining. For the life of me, I can't remember what it was called either, but it was very entertaining in a weird sort of like, why am I reading this? Oh, well, sort of way.
5: <laughs> Carl, do you always need a book that you're reading and a book that you're waiting, you know, that's next in line? Um,
4: Yes and no. I mean, I have so many, one, so a lot that I've already read, so if I'm, you know, not feeling something, I'm just like, yeah, back to the Daniel Pinkwater, back to the Ian Colfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinkwater is a big thing in our family. And uh, so, you know, it's... I'm, I'm a very bookish person, um, and I will I
5: will take whatever I can get. <laughs> <laughs> Music to my ears.
0: <laughs> I just want to say thank you for all yeah, this. Yeah, this
5: is great. We're it here, you're good. Like good. here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Find that list of books we talked about on this episode at our website, thatstackofbooks.com. Also, it'll be posted on our Facebook page, that stack of books with nancy pearl and steve share talk to us there and talk to us on twitter at that stack nancy is also at nancy underscore pearl and i'm also at Stephen underscore share thanks again to aaron storms at the king county library system lake forest park and the great readers who are part of the teen pizza and book group at the lake forest park library happy reading